grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we continue our examination of the promised treasures on this Good Friday, I want to talk to you about wood. That's right, wood. When I think of Jesus, I think of rough wood. Like bookends surrounding a library of prized writing, the open book that is Christ's earthly life is bracketed by rough wood. Jesus began his human life with his back against rough wood, being laid in a manger, an animal feeding trough. Just look at how far Jesus had come down from his rightful place of glory at the right hand of the Father. He laid aside his prerogatives as creator and took on the limitations of human frailty in order to perfectly represent fallen humanity as humanity redeemed. Now, the physical elements of the bread and the wine of Holy Communion or the water of holy baptism often reinforce and verify how real the saving good news of Jesus is. Well, today on Good Friday, we confront with almost blunt force the actual bloody instrument on which the Lord Jesus died, the wood of his cross. This is the next promised treasure for us to share today. You'll notice the altar is stripped, the pyramids taken down. Everything is a simple and dark reminder that God's own Son, Jesus Christ, has died. The cross symbolically reveals the Father's heartfelt love for the world. He did not spare his Son, his only Son, your substitute. I mean, even Abraham did not have to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, since God provided a ram in the thicket to be sacrificed in his place. But now, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world lovingly dies in your place. The wood that the cross was made of has its own biblical history. There's a lot of references to wood in, in the Bible. In fact, wood is often used to rescue, to sweeten, and to raise up in the Bible. In Genesis, God placed two large wooden figures in the Garden of Eden. Two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, to test Adam and Eve. Noah later used tons of rough gopher wood to build the ark that buoyed his family above the waters that drowned the entire world. Then after Moses led Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea, he threw a piece of wood into the bitter waters of Marah to sweeten them for, for Israel to drink. And much later, at the time of the kings of Israel, the prophet Elisha cut a wooden stick and threw it into the Jordan River to raise up an iron axe head, which had mistakenly been flung into the river by one of the prophets who was cutting down a tree. While none of these wood stories directly point to the cross upon which Jesus died, they indirectly reveal beautiful images of what the cross does to save you. Now, the early church fathers were 
often excelled at doing this. They would take a simple Bible story in a picturesque way to connect it to the whole story of salvation. So let's reflect first on, on that story about Noah and the flood. Why did God tell Noah to build an ark out of wood? God could have chosen any other way to destroy the world and save Noah and his family, but he didn't. Instead, God chose a wooden boat to keep Noah, his family, and all the animals safe. God used wood to rescue them and enable them to float above water. What troubles flood your mind this Good Friday? Are you so overwhelmed with trouble from so many different things that you feel like you're drowning? Is it family fractures, relationship misunderstandings, frustrations at work or at home, worries about your health or the health of a loved one? Amid such troubled waters, the wood of Christ's cross promises to keep you afloat rescuing you and carrying you through all the trials of life. Jesus was willingly flooded with the weight and guilt of this world's sin when he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yet by this, he, the righteous and sinless Son, conquered sin, death, and hell. And why did Moses or God tell Moses to uh, throw a piece of wood in the bitter waters at Marah? It was to sweeten it so that the Israelites could drink it and live. I mean, have you ever tasted bad water, like strong iron well water or dirty water? I mean, you almost choke on it. You can't get it down. Well, God could have told Moses to use his staff, as he had at the Nile River, to change the water. He could have told him to throw anything into that water, even a rock. But no, God told Moses to throw a random piece of wood into these bitter waters to make them drinkable and sweet, and it worked. God always finds a way to meet the needs of his people, and once again, it involved wood. So are there some bitter pills to swallow in your life? Do feelings of bitterness linger in your heart or soul against some people? Are you justly upset because you were wronged or betrayed? Even amid your bitterness and restlessness, God comes to sweeten and gladden your waters of life. So, like an unclenched fist, you may open your hand again to others. Joseph forgave his brothers who betrayed him and sold him into slavery. And Jesus bore all betrayal and bitterness from Judas Peter and all his disciples who fled him. Jesus was betrayed, and his naked body was nailed to a tree so that sin and the bitterness and anger it breeds might be done forever. Finally, consider Elisha and how God floated a heavy iron axe head with a lighter piece of wood. Why didn't Elisha speak over it or motion his hand? He could have parted the Jordan River with his cloak and picked it up from the bottom. But instead, by throwing in the piece of wood, he raised that weighted iron. It doesn't normally happen. When did you last see iron float? It doesn't. But the cross of Jesus uplifts you. 
Jesus lightens your load. He takes all your guilt, personal shame, worries, troubles, and sin, and nails it to himself. Cast your burdens upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. That's from Psalm 55. Although millions of things might be weighing you down right now, financial worries, marriage problems, children problems, sibling or friend problems, or cancer, or chronic illness, God knows, and he cares. Every day brings new burdens to test you and weigh you down like a heavy iron axe head. But Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Your bloodied Savior, Jesus Christ, invites you to cast every weight on him so that by his cross, where he was lifted up to save a multitude, you are lightened, lifted up, and sustained by his forgiving grace. May Christ's cross always rescue, sweeten, and lighten your life. As you behold this old, rugged, wooden cross, may it always remind you of the incredible love of Jesus. He gives you eternal life now. You are his forever because he shed his blood for you, nailed with all your sins to rough wood. You are forgiven and set free. That's why today is Good Friday. Jesus ended his earthly life with his back against rough wood, nailed to a Roman cross. He perfectly obeyed his Father in everything, even to laying down his life as a satisfaction for God's demand of justice for the sins of the world. He was our substitute, coming into the world to undo the curse that became ours through Adam's sin. He took that curse to rough wood, hung on a tree, cursed of God. We can rejoice that the curse has been cleansed. For as Isaac Watts wrote in the Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, his blessings flow far as the curse is found. He can enter into our lives, yours and mine, to make what is wrong right, what is foul clean, what is corrupt holy. This is the joy behind the suffering and the pain of Calvary, the priceless gift that God has prepared for us, a perfect picture of love incarnate, framed by rough wood. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.